It is Thursday, February the 17th, 2021. It is cold outside in the winter, go figure, also cold, Rush Limbaugh. Simply uttering that troglodyte's name is far too much than I wanted to say about him. So none of that, and so much more. So strap in for a far too serious episode number 63, the Brad Marchand episode. He's the guy every hockey fan outside of Boston hates, but would absolutely love to have on their team. The guy is a menace. Not so much a menace anymore. Uh, not so much the the rat that he used to be. Still is. Plays with an edge, which is what you need. It's hockey, for Christ's sakes. At the same time, he's easily one of the top 20 players in the NHL. By far, hands down, no doubt. You can argue with me if you want, but you'd be wrong. He also hates uh, video replay and the NHL messing with the puck. He said those things post-game the other day, and I found it incredibly funny. So, uh, Although not nearly as funny, that's not true, as complaints and observations. The greatest podcast hosted by someone who knows so precious little about eh, almost everything. A journey into the mediocre mind of an exceptionally average person. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I have a, there's a tingling in my trousers and it's not a good one. Sounds good. Let me put on some chapstick real quick. What is up, complainers? All fucking four of you. Thank you. Welcome to the program. I think I'm going to leave that intro as is for quite some time. So I, I listened to it again and I was like, oh boy, that is fantastic. Um, right off the top, I'm still perplexed at how an outlet to whine and complain in this country, especially at this time, especially, has been utilized or quite frankly, more appreciated than it has been. 61765 Rip'em. Who am I kidding? It sucks, but still. 61765 Rip'em. Call in, leave a message. Tell me I suck. Tell me I'm terrific. Tell me your wife sucks. Tell me she doesn't suck. Tell me something. Anyways, I have a number of things uh, on my mind today. None of them are funny or good. Seeing as this is uh, my show, I'm going to complain about shit. That's the whole point. That's the impetus, the program. Uh, I've said before, I use a notes app on my uh, jitterbug phone to jot down ideas when inspiration strikes. Uh, this past Friday, was out and about with the missus and some friends, had a few too many pops, and apparently, at some point during the evening, I I popped open the old um, notes app and typed in something, uh, two words, just said tilted chair. That was it. I haven't a clue as to what that's supposed to mean. Uh, that's what I get for entering notes, you know, when I'm shit-faced and using the, the swipe method to type, which I, I'm so concerned about taking too long to, to type a text or to type anything into the phone that I use the swipe instead of the, instead of my thumbs, mainly because I can't just not dex, I don't have the dexterity anymore. I tried to say dexterous. I think that's how it's pronounced. Dexterous. 
Um, but I don't know. Maybe I, I used to be able to be, look, it was, uh, the old Nintendo controller was very good. There's only two buttons in the, in the arrow pad, if you will. Terrific. For some reason with a phone, can't do it. So I probably went to type something else in and it auto-corrected to tilted chair. Every time I try to send a text, it's like constantly going back to fix the autocorrects. Constantly. My guess is that it was something less than interesting, and I guess talking about tilted chair in this manner is probably... Uh, actually, no, it, it absolutely is probably better content. So, As I mentioned... During the cold open, <laughs> uh, it's cold outside. A normal situation for about half the country uh, in the month of February. But right now, it is literally cold everywhere except for South Florida and some of the Southwest. I read that it was uh, 14 degrees on Valentine's Day in El Paso, Texas, of all places. A record low. Back in July... Uh, El Paso hit 110. It's weird, right? But there's nothing going on. It's fine. Anyways, the focus right now, rightly, is on the state of Texas. Mainly because they rarely experience this kind of shit. And uh, it, it, the state is woefully ill-prepared to deal with it, as are the people of Texas. And you can see it by, you know, the dozens of car crashes and the um, people that are, I mean, over 20 people dead, whether it's from the cold or from the crashes, but a lot of people dead. Massive blackout of the state's privatized, unregulated power grid. Now, when I learned about this, I spent way too much time reading about how Texas got to this point. And it, you know, it's a very Texas reason, which is basically keep the feds out. I don't want the feds in. So Texas is on its own grid, with the exception of El Paso and some parts of the panhandle and uh, some slivers of the east. Uh, El Paso is part of an interconnected grid with, with Western U.S. states, but El Paso Electric is a you know, one of these uh, regional power monopolies that can do whatever the fuck they want. It's weird. However, though, in this instance, they are at least regulated to winterize their equipment, unlike the Texas grid that has now blacked out roughly 4 million people. I have a coworker who uh, lives in Dallas. And we got an email today from the uh, the owner of the company who said, uh, I talked to him. Uh, it was negative one last night. He has no heat, no power. Has no idea when it's coming back. It's like, oh, that's terrific. That's just great. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are we doing? Honestly. It's an absolute comedy of errors. Caused mostly by, like I said, the Texas bullshit of free markets, hooray! Keep the feds out. We don't want the feds to Texas. We're Texas. Man. And it's funny because there was a guy, I wish I'd saved this uh, story, but I'm sure if you use the Google machine, you could find it, but the, uh, the Texas mayor was a mayor in a small town in Texas who basically told, you know, said on Facebook, of course, uh, you know, hey, go fuck yourselves. You're on your own, pretty much. He ended up having to resign because he's a piece of shit, but whatever. Once again, people voting against their own interest. Strange. Uh, but now you have the, the governor and other assorted officials just uh, outraged that, that something like this could happen. So it's going to generate a study. We're going to look at this. We're going to find out what happened. Well, 
common sense would tell you, you know, this sort of weather doesn't happen often in Texas, but it has happened numerous times and nothing has changed. And of course, per the the GOP handbook, Republicans prepared a talking point, blamed all of it on green energy, uh, which makes up less than 10% of the grid in Texas. But that's a, that's a minor point that they're going to leave out. No, the problem is frozen gas lines and frozen water lines. But the Republicans would rather uh, make Democrats the boogeyman because it's the only card these fucking morons can play. Not admitting mistakes is a problem for most politicians, but it's basically a Republican requirement these days. And you can't even call them conservatives anymore. Like this, I'm I am strongly of the mind that there are two separate, oh, at this point, three separate wings of the Republican Party. You have the conservatives, which are somewhat rationally thinking people that just happen to be fiscally conservative. Then you have, uh, you know, the shitty Republicans. And then to the far right, you have uh, the the batshit QAnon Trumpism crazy people. Three separate wings of the party, which they're all going to eat themselves at some point. I'm, I got off track. I'm sorry. But in this case, it seems to be it's it's let's make people's lives miserable simply to allow privatized energy providers to save a few bucks by not providing for, of all fucking things, weather. All right. All right. Go away. Fucking bullshit. Um, so, when it gets much colder than normal, people turn up the heat in an effort to stay warm. Makes sense, right? does and the ironically named electric I don't know why I decided to start this now I can't fucking talk stupid let's start over the ironically named electric reliability council of Texas ERCOT can't keep up Uh, Bill Magnus has been the CEO since 2010, and he said on Tuesday that, quote, we have seen nothing like this, honestly, in Texas, end quote, except uh, that he has. 2011, there was a similar cold snap, somewhat similar cold snap that caused the study by the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission that was 357 pages long, detailing why they had the problems then, 10 years ago. And it's astounding that something as simple as winterizing gas and water lines could have prevented a lot what a lot of what's happening now. But again, uh, Texas and, and them wanting nothing more than to literally be the Republic of Texas has left them unable to provide basic, uh, a, a basic necessity to their citizens. Mexico is dealing with the same shit as their their nationalized utility buys 80% of their natural gas from Texas. Why? Because in Mexico, fracking for natural gas is against the law. However, in Texas, go nuts. So they just buy it from Texas problem is Texas don't give two fucks about Mexico unless they're uh, mowing their lawn or fucking paying their bills. The whole fucking thing is a giant, mostly avoidable, or at least somewhat preventable shit show, but the needs of a few have far outweighed the needs of the many, and it's a fucking shame. And the worst part about it, right, is now you have all these fucking uh, Texas polls coming out from uh, Governor Rick Perry, former Governor Rick Perry, who was at one point the Secretary of Energy. What? And he says, going without electricity for a few days is a a sacrifice Texans should make. (laughs) What? What? Come on, man. 
Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just keep your fucking mouth shut. And the rest of the idiots, John Cornyn, Ted Cruz, Governor Greg Abbott, these fucking people uh, uh, railing against the, the evils of socialism. Fucking walking up to the feds now with their hands out asking for assistance. Never fucking fails. You could see that you could honestly, you could see that coming a mile away. You really could. But, you know, the fight against socialism continues for Ted Cruz. He's no fucking clue what he's talking about. They're new fight against Mother Nature. Because she's evil. But she might not be a socialist, so that's probably why Ted is like, he's fine. Shitbag. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to be that person. It just drives me nuts. But this whole thing with Texas has really just fucking frosted my balls. And I, I posted, uh, I retweeted, I should say, a um, a video on the uh, the Twitter page, at ComplaintsPod, of Texarkana, which, if you're not familiar, is a town on the border between Texas and Arkansas. And it's literally divided um, down the middle. And the video is uh, an overhead shot of a road, a divided highway. One side's Texas, one side is Arkansas. And it is clear as day that Texas don't give a fuck about winter. They don't give two shits. Why? Because they're Texas. Amazing. It really is. It's it's something else. And quite frankly, it's it just adds to the frustration if you're a rational thinker and you live in Texas and, and something like this happens, how do you not get fucking just absolutely incensed? Incensed at this, at a, at a completely avoidable problem. Don't I don't fucking get it. I just don't get it. All right. So the other thing that's bothering me is a it's a it's it's a big there's a lot of layers to it but i'll i'll get into how it started so i went to pick up one of my prescriptions last week i'm on two to control my blood pressure it's high it's not oh my god you're gonna die high but it's high caused by a combination of uh being a fat fuck and poor genetics. Uh, being Portuguese and French means that uh, my blood is basically overly salted butter. At any rate, um, so my previous employer provided excellent health benefits, which is one of the uh, many reasons why I'm still fucking bitter. But they were, quote, affordable, end quote, and provided all kinds of fringe uh, shit. One of which was low-cost scripts, regardless of where I got them. So a year ago, uh, I was paying uh, nine bucks for this particular one. And then the second one was a little more than three. Not bad, considering, you know, I'm having to pay for them. So my wife and I were both on the plan. And look, we're lucky enough that we haven't had any major issues as we'd be, you know, paying through the nose for whatever. But... Um, so anyways, that $9 script, when I went to pick it up last week was $33 and change. So, and that's just for an, a 30 day supply. So we're talking roughly three times the price. Now the price itself of the drug, uh, fluctuates constantly and it went up. Uh, pretty high towards the end of last year. But the big thing is that uh, the the current insurance that we're on, it's, on, it's my wife's plan. And, the, and their, you know, what they pay went down. So my share went up. Now look, again, in the grand scheme of things, I am very lucky that it's only $33 because there are people that are far, far worse off than I am. 
And I'm more than thankful for that. That's why I've been a part of the reason why I've been doing these prison workouts here in the basement is because, you know, one of the goals for the year is to try to get off at least one of these drugs. But my overall complaint here is that healthcare in this country is a fucking scam and it's a disgrace. And look, this isn't an easy thing for a stupid layman like me to to successfully digest. And that's part of the problem. It's overly complicated when it really shouldn't be. Other industrialized countries have social programs that are paid into while also offering private insurance to those that want it. Very simple solution on the surface. Yet, for whatever reason, social programs are fucking demonized here. As if paying into insurance through uh, your income tax is somehow the single worst thing that you could possibly think of. Because apparently we need to protect massive the massive corporate healthcare machine that makes billions off of sick people. Because those people are very important, right? We need to make sure that profits are maintained, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, it's, it's capitalism. I get it, but there has to be a line in the sand somewhere. The United States is number one in the cost of health care on the planet per capita, according to the World Health Organization in 2018. That cost was over $8,000 a year. Number two, Luxembourg, with a population akin to that of Louisville, Kentucky, with a cost at 5500 So there is a vast difference between number one and number two. Given the population disparity, it should be at least the other way around, but it ain't. It ain't. Every other industrialized country has social programs that guarantee health benefits to their citizens, while about 10% of the United States population has no health insurance at all. Now look, this argument and these numbers and facts have been repeated ad nauseum for God knows how long. But the fact that 10% of this country has no health insurance at all is a fucking crime against humanity. It's gross. I mean, that's There's no other way to put it. And then there's the fact that most health benefits are tied to employment. And the wildly varied plans, prices, benefits associated with them. For example, my current employer does indeed offer health insurance, but just started doing so this year. And to be blunt, it's fucking awful, which is why we're still on my wife's plan. Somehow being born in this country is incredibly fucking expensive. And dying is even more so. And I hate to bring this up, but it's it's a point that goes with with the complaint here. I have I have a friend <clears throat> who right now is suffering w- with cancer that is basically spread throughout his whole fucking body. He's got it in his in his gut, in his lungs, in his fucking mouth. I mean, it's gross. It's it's no good. Part of it's the chemo that's fucking him up. His only health insurance is a COBRA plan that he's probably paying through the fucking nose for while having no income because he can't fucking work because he's dying. It just makes you like, why do we as Americans let other Americans suffer like this? For what fucking reason? What is what is the reason behind it? There's no need. It doesn't make any sense to me. Do we do we really need to keep putting more nickels into the pocket of someone like David Wickman, who is the CEO of United Healthcare, which is the shitty coverage that that my wife and I have now? I don't know the man, and I look. I don't begrudge him for earning money. But I, I, what I can say is that someone who made more than $18 million last year on the backs of, of sick people and drugs and, and, and all of that shit 
has a lack of morality and empathy. I don't know else. I don't know how else to say it. People are making GoFundMe pages to help pay expenses when they're dying. Like my buddy Andy. And it's outright fucking ghoulish. And GoFundMe, who makes a shitload of money off of these fucking things, even went as far to tweet out last week that, quote, GoFundMe was never made to be a source of support for basic needs, and it can never be a replacement for robust federal federal relief, end quote. Like, GoFundMe, who is just as fucking shitty as that CEO from United Healthcare, making money, every time you donate to a GoFundMe, they're like, oh, hey, do you want to add a 25% tip? Go fuck yourself, man. But like, who the fuck looks at that and, and doesn't see a gargantuan fucking problem? And who looks at someone like my buddy Andy and sends them yet another fucking bill? It's, I mean, honestly, it's unfathomable that we've reached this point as a society that we let our fellow countrymen and women have to deal with this shit. Health costs are the number one cause of bankruptcy in the United States. And it's a fucking shame. It honestly, it just doesn't, it really, I say this all the time on this dumb fucking show. I cannot wrap my head around it. Simply can't understand it. And look, they're going to people, you know, the whole thing about, well, you know, Obamacare and this, that, and the other. That, I mean, honestly, in the grand scheme of things, Obamacare was just a fucking, uh, a cheap, like, flimsy latex band-aid over the problem. That one of those band-aids that you constantly have to keep pushing down so it stays over the fucking wound. I mean, that motherfucker tried. He tried. He did the best he could with, with the support that he had, which was minimal. It's an it's embarrassing. And then you say, well, yeah, if you have socialized medicine, you have to wait a long time. Big fucking deal. Big fucking deal. In Canada, they wait, they wait a long time. You goddamn right they do. They wait a long time. And you know what? It sucks. But you know how much it costs to have a baby in Canada? Zero. Zero. Yep, their income tax is a bit higher. Sure is. Sure is. But they're paying for peace of mind. That they know if they get sick, it's going to be covered. If they need fucking heart surgery, they don't have to pay anything. But, you know, God forbid we wait a long time. Because we're fucking impatient. Horribly impatient. Horribly selfish. Fucking people. It's awful. The greed in this country is out of control. It likely isn't going to end anytime soon. There's no magic solution. Just a complaint. And I, you know, honestly, I hate it. And I I think about like when my, when my father was dying. And he was very lucky. He had great health insurance. Working for the Postal Service back then. Who the fuck knows where that's going to, that's another thing. Talk about the fucking Postal Service. Just, you know, just more and more ways to fuck the average everyday American. And to make more money for the not average everyday American. I hate that I've gotten to this point where I'm just fucking whining about rich people. It's not a good look. It sucks. And again, I've said it a thousand times. I don't begrudge anyone for being wealthy. I don't. I begrudge people for being... For, for lacking empathy, for being selfish, and for being shitty. You can be rich and nice. It's not that hard. Apparently it is for some people in some industries, and healthcare seems to be at the top of that list. Well, that sucked. I'm sorry, that wasn't... Wasn't fun, wasn't 
wasn't really that interesting at all. I shouldn't say that. That's not true. It was. I thought it was interesting. That's why I... Interesting. But it wasn't fun for you, especially. So perhaps you fast-forwarded through that whole thing just to get here. It's not going to be fun here either. So as it is Thursday, it is time for three gripes. I need an intro for three gripes. I'd like to make one. But I don't have the skill or the talent to do so. Anyways, uh, gripe number one, shitty beer. That's right, shitty beer. I was on Twitter, as I am wont to do. And I saw a story about uh, Molson Coors reporting a $1.3 billion loss in Q4 for 2020. Holy fucking Bob and Doug McKenzie. Holy, that's a lot of fucking money. $1.3 billion. I was struck by a couple of things, right? First, how the hell does a beer company lose that much money during a pandemic when most people are doing nothing but drinking? Second, how the fuck does that happen? So there was a tweet in the comments uh, that made me think, and it was incredibly spot on. I wish I could. I wish I kept the name of the tweeter, but I didn't. So, disembodied tweeter, I apologize. And the tweet said, quote, You know your beer sucks when you lose a billion dollars because people aren't forced to choose your product. Big beer literally depends on all these exclusivity deals at large venues to sell beer. End quote. 1,000% fucking accurate. Wow. I hadn't thought of that. I, 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 it really didn't dawn on me that that was the case. And so I did a little bit more digging. And sure enough, that's one of the reasons Molson gave for why they lost so money. Fascinating. So if people go to games, concerts, or whatever, and choose not to drink that swill that they push, would they lose a billion dollars again? Or do they simply bank on alcoholics uh, to keep drinking their shit at games to keep their business afloat? Seems that way, right? And it makes sense, too, when you only have a handful of options. Uh, that's it. Now, it's funny because when I I talked last week about the uh, the football trip, had we gone to Cincinnati, right? I think there were like four beers available inside of the, the stadium where the Bengals play. Four. That was it. So you're, you're forced to drink whatever they have, if it is that you want to bring, uh, if you want to drink, I should say, if you're not smuggling in your own hooch, which I would strongly suggest, buy some sort of plastic nip bottle of some kind, hide it in your ass crack, fill, you know, fill it up with booze, mix your shit at, at games, not literal shit, you don't have to hide it in your ass crack, you can put it, you know, under your balls or something, I don't know. Because seriously, fuck Molson, fuck Aramark, fuck Jeremy Jacobs, Delaware North. Fuck them all. Don't buy their shitty beer. But yeah, it was such a profound tweet. It was one of the first really profound tweets that I had ever read. Because it made a, it, it was made perfect sense. Gripe number two. People who think their job is the most important one on earth. I figured this the other day, that roughly 80 to 85% of jobs are relatively unimportant, while that same percentage of people think that their job is the most important. There's a, there's a, a, a lot going on there. Not really, but you know. Basically meaning that those jobs or companies could be eliminated, replaced with something else, and nothing would change. 
It's the VORP of life, value over replacement position in this particular instance. For all you baseball nerds, VORP. Terrible stat, but, you know, somewhat useful. So I'm not really talking about how replaceable close to everyone is at their current job. You should know that already. You're replaceable. And I talk about that more in my next gripe. This all fucking ties together. See that? Your job or your company, as much as you might think, is almost assuredly uh, not that important. Doctors, teachers, cops, firefighters, the usual. Those jobs are important. There's probably a few more that I'm forgetting, which would make up, you know, the 20% of important jobs and important roles. I thought of this because I deal with some real fucking winners uh, at, the, at this job. These, some of these customers are just, they're fucking laughable. And I don't want to get into any more detail than that, but just we'll just leave it there. So, but honestly, look, I hate to break it to you, Charlie, but nobody gives a fuck about your fucking widget store. No one needs the fucking widgets you sell. No one cares about you selling them. You're a fucking replaceable, you miserable fuck. Fact. That is an, that is an, an absolute fact, 100% accurate. You're replaceable. I'm replace, replaceable. Most people you know, incredibly replaceable. Now, here's the flip side. It's not necessarily an awful thing that you're replaceable. It just means you can go somewhere else. Theoretically, you could go and get another job. Sometimes you wait around six months and create a fucking shitty podcast in the meantime. But you're replaceable. But it's the people that fucking think that they're so goddamn important that their shit doesn't stink that makes it, uh, makes it worse for everyone else. And it makes it, makes it difficult to do, you know, in some cases, if you deal with these people, it makes your job that much more difficult. It's so much easier to just be nice. Not, and not even nice, just not an asshole. Your fucking widget store is not that important, sir, ma'am, I assure you. That is 100% a guarantee. Gripe number three. Companies that are using the Rona to just fuck employees. And look, this is going to turn into a somewhat uh, Canada-centric list of gripes and, and show. A lot of mentions of Canada in this, huh? Jeez. Not the worst thing in the world. Because as I told my dear friend Donnie yesterday, we're a global brand here at Complaints and Observations. <clears throat> anyway, uh, Bell Canada, the massive telecommunications conglomerate, is the owner of TSN, which is the Canadian version of ESPN. In that same vein, they, they have a radio side, number of stations across, uh, across Canada, and one of their stations was... TSN 1040 in Vancouver. I say was because that station is no more as of last week as the format flipped from all sports to something called Funny 1040. <sighs> Apparently stand-up comedy on the radio is a thing in Canada. It's funny when something is just so Canadian that you really, you're not that surprised. That's one of them. Basically, these radio stations just play bits from, uh, like, top-end comedians. And you could probably just play that fucking shit on a loop. But what are you going to do? Play Brian Regan 18,000 hours a day? Can't work blue. I'm sure there's some words that you can say on Canadian radio that you can't say here, but whatever. But look, this sort of shit happens all the time in radio. It's an interesting and rather cutthroat business where uh, on-air types move around all the time. It happens. In this case, Bell laid off 20 on-air personalities, numerous techs, salespeople, managers, and so on and so on and so on. 
But the way that they did it is the truly just there aren't there aren't there isn't a strong enough word to say how incredibly shitty this is. Just, I mean, it's there are ways to do things, and then there's this. So the station's morning show is humming along as usual, probably just talking hockey and Anne Murray, when all of a sudden, going into the uh, 8 o'clock hour of this show, the plug was basically pulled, and a voiceover uh, came on the air and played this. We have some news to share today about changes to our programming. As of today, CKST will no longer be a sports talk radio station. This was a difficult decision, but the realities of the quickly evolving broadcast media landscape in Canada have made this change unavoidable. We want to thank our on-air personalities, advertising partners and sponsors, and everyone who has contributed to this station. But especially, we want to thank you, our listeners. Our work here at TSN 1040 was driven by our passion to bring you the very best sports, news, and discussion. We sincerely appreciate the time you spent with us. You can continue to find TSN sports content on the iHeartRadio Canada platform and on TSN, tsn.ca, and the TSN app. The new format of the station will be launched this Friday at 7 a.m. Thank you again for your loyalty over the years. That's what the listeners heard. That's what the hosts, the producers, and everyone in that building heard. And it was literally the first thing they'd heard about the change. And that fucking song actually played. How incredibly fucked up is that? Shut the whole fucking thing down without telling anyone. And then literally line up, kick him in the fucking balls with that announcement and that godforsaken song. Excuse me. Now, to make matters even worse, there was a conference call with some shitbag regional manager who said the changes came uh, after, quote, major losses, end quote. And the alleged high cost of producing sports content, which I really can't figure out. The high cost. Like, you know, cut back, do layoffs, something. Keep the fucking station going. Which, you know, I guess in this case is the same fucking thing. Well, what do I know? I mean, all they're doing is fucking turning on the mics and letting fucking fat dummies talk about sports. How, how expensive can that be? Crazy. <clears throat> Then, at the end of this call, the however many people, I mean, there's probably, I mean, I don't know how many people are actually on the call, but I would imagine anywhere from, you know, 30 to 50 people were on the call. They were given 30 minutes to pack their shit and get the fuck out of the building before something called corporate security came in to implement a, quote, shutdown process, end quote. That's real. That really fucking happened. See what I mean by the importance of jobs? Your job is not that important. Because there's always somebody above you who's just willing and ready to fuck you at, the mo at a moment's notice. They're not at, not at all important. And then the standard line from Bell and its president, Wade Oosterman, very Canadian name, is that this had to happen in order to, quote, pre uh, prevail in a transforming sector that has been uniquely impacted by COVID-19, end quote. And there you go. Instead of just being honest and saying, yeah, you know, uh, you know, uh, we don't want this to be a sports station anymore. Good day. They got to wrap it in fucking bullshit corporate lingo. 
uh, blame something. They have to blame. Everything has to have a blame attached to it. They can't just be honest and say, yeah, uh, we looked at it and we don't want to do this anymore. I'd understand making changes if they weren't performing because of the pandemic. Then you could say, look, uh, our numbers are down because we don't have as many listeners. Our numbers are down because uh, we don't have the uh, advertising revenue that we usually have. It wasn't mentioned. You could have you could have cited that or you could have pointed that out before you shut the whole fucking thing down. But, you know, if if the pandemic is causing you not to make sales, I fucking get it. Believe me, I get it because it fucking happened to me. So I get it. They were the number one sports station in town. Still had a fair number of advertisers and managed to float, stay afloat, I should say, uh, without the CFL because they shut down last year. And while the Canucks were busy being the Canucks, which is lousy. But Bell did the same thing to a station in Winnipeg, another one in Hamilton, uh, while also uh, gutting the the TV side of TSN, including uh, letting Dan O'Toole go from the great Jay and Dan Sports Centre show on TSN. Uh, they had done, they had filmed their show on a Wednesday night, and then shortly thereafter they told... Dan, the producer, and a bunch of other people that they were uh, being let go. So remember later this year to include the hashtag Bell Let's Talk to support Bell Canada's mental health initiative, which they do every year to raise money for mental health awareness in Canada. So remember to do that. I think it's usually in December. Uh, because they're a massive fucking cause of mental health issues in Canada in 2021 because of the way that they fucking conduct their business. It's fucking gross. But it won't matter to them because they are literally swimming in cash right now. Their Q4 uh, earnings through the fucking roof, leaving them with a, quote, substantial free cash flow of $3.34 billion, end quote. Canadian money, but still a lot of money. But who fucking really cares about, uh, you know, their employees? Because, you know, they need to, due to this changing dynamic or whatever was the fucking guy said, it's a goddamn fucking, it's a scam. And there are, look, there are, there's a lot of other companies that I could talk about. They've done the same fucking thing. I know of one company who had a conference call, uh, you know, instead of their annual trip to the company HQ, they did it virtually and they said it was their best year ever. 2020, despite everything that's gone on, best year ever. Five days later, they come out and say, uh, no, no raises for 2021. Really? Really? So, you know, fuck corporate America, fuck corporate Canada. Very angry today. Just mad. It's just frustrated. Probably because of last last week's third gripe, which is sales. Nothing more to say about that. But I'm just pissed off today. And it probably came through today, if I had to guess. How pissy and whiny I've been. But when you record over the course of a few days, as I am want to do, which I've said that phrase twice on this show, just kind of shows you that I've been fucking pissy all week. <laughs> Trying a different diet. I'm fasting. And quite frankly, it hasn't, I'm not like starving, which is terrific. It's great. So. Anyways, I'm, I'm rambling again. Listen, that's it for the show. Thank you so very much, as always, for listening. Uh, I do appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. Uh, I, I almost had a guest on this week's show, uh, but Greg let us down again a uh, second time. Uh, I was hoping to have another, hoping to have that Tampa Bay perspective, but I ain't getting it. Now I don't even want him on the fucking show. 
You know, that's not true. I, I too want him on the show. He's very funny and would be very entertaining, but you still let us down. Uh, if you or anyone, you know, wants to be on the show, literally anybody, I'll have you. We'll talk. It'll be fucking terrific. Oof. That was a fucking belch. That was a loud one. Sorry. My wife uh, told me, she's like, oh, you burped a lot in episode 56. I'm like, what? I don't remember that. I don't remember these fucking shows. Kidding me? 63 of these fucking things. You know, I'm going to get to 100 and then stop with four listeners. It's going to be fantastic. And have a big fucking blowout. What's that, 37 weeks? By the end of the year, we'll get to 100. We'll see. Who knows? Uh, but again, that's it for the show. Thank you so very much for listening. Um, please go to the Instagram page at Complaints Pod. You can go to the Twitter page at Complaints Pod. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have a YouTube page. Never use it. I thought about like recording myself, recording the podcast. I was like, yeah, that'd be weird. But apparently that's a thing. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I'll try it next week. Maybe I'll do like a YouTube only segment. Ooh, that'll really fucking wheel them in, huh? Um, I have an email address, showmail at complaintsandobservations.com. That's on my website, complaintsandobservations.com, which I n- also never use because eh, I'm an idiot. Uh, you can call the line. You can call the complaint line, I should say, 617-65-RIPEM, 617-65-R-I-P-E-M. I know you have something to complain about. I know you do because you're a human being. Humans are petty. It's, it's a fucking vile, petty species. So call in, complain, be on the show. Otherwise, that is it. Thank you so very much. Uh, Take care of yourself. Please take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta.